Michael Vlock critically examines supersessionism, the belief that the church has superseded Israel in God's plan, arguing instead for the scripturally founded future salvation and restoration of Israel. He firmly rejects replacement theology, grounding his stance in explicit biblical prophecies that affirm Israel's enduring covenant and distinct identity, as emphasized in both the Old and New Testaments. Vlock presents a structured case with seven pivotal points. Firstly, he accentuates that the Bible is explicit about Israel's restoration, not as mere historical narrative, but as a prophetic assurance. This leads to his second point about the perpetuity of Israel, where he stresses the continuous and unbroken nature of God's promises to Israel. Thirdly, Vlock observes the New Testament's reinforcement of Israel's future restoration, suggesting a seamless divine plan spanning both testaments. Also, he contends that the promises and covenants made to Israel retain their validity and ownership, as affirmed in the New Testament. This continuity is further supported by New Testament prophecies that anticipate a future for Israel, aligning with the Old Testament's foresight. Importantly, Vlock affirms the maintained distinction between Israel and the Church in the New Testament, challenging the supersessionist viewpoint of the Church replacing Israel. Finally, he invokes the doctrine of election, interpreting it as divine proof of God's enduring commitment to Israel. Through these meticulously articulated points, Vlock not only counters supersessionism, but also advocates for a theological interpretation that acknowledges Israel's unaltered role and prophesied restoration, as consistently and emphatically laid out in the biblical narrative. Moreover, Vlock asserts the biblical teaching of Israel's future restoration, debating it's both a physical return to the land and a spiritual renewal. He highlights Deuteronomy 30, 1, 6 as a foundational prophecy where, after a period of exile and suffering, Israel would repent, leading to God's restoration of their fortunes and return to their ancestral land. This restoration encompasses not only a physical reclamation of land, but also a profound spiritual revival, symbolized by the circumcision of the heart. Vlock refutes the notion that the land promises were entirely fulfilled during Joshua's era. He disputes that the full scope of these promises— including the exile and subsequent restoration, had not yet occurred at that time. He cites Jeremiah 16.14, 15, which reiterates God's promise to bring Israel back from exile, connecting this future event with the Abrahamic covenant. Furthermore, Vlock brings attention to prophetic books like Ezekiel, chapters 36 and 37, and Jeremiah 31.3, which foresee a time when Israel, cleansed from sin and united under one king, will inhabit their land perpetually. These prophecies indicate both the physical return to the land and a profound spiritual transformation, marked by a new heart and God's spirit dwelling within them. Vlock maintains that the theme of restoration is not limited to the Old Testament, but extends into the New Testament, specifically in Romans 11.26. He interprets this as a future national salvation of ethnic Israel aligned with Old Testament prophecies and the promises of the New Covenant. In essence, Vlock argues that the biblical narrative consistently points to a future where Israel is spiritually renewed and physically restored to their promised land, underpinning this expectation with the irrevocable nature of God's promises and his unchanging character. In addition, Vlock interprets Jeremiah 31, 
35, 37, as a strong biblical affirmation of the eternal nationhood of Israel, pointing out the text's poetic assertion of Israel's unbreakable bond with God. The passage draws a powerful parallel between the steadfastness of celestial bodies, sun, moon, and stars, and the perpetual existence of Israel as a nation before God. This analogy reiterates the fixed and reliable nature of cosmic order, likening it to the constancy of Israel's status in the eyes of God. The imagery suggests that just as the cosmic order is unchangeable and predictable, so is the nationhood of Israel eternally preserved and assured. Vlach repeats the significance of the imagery used in Jeremiah's verses, where the potential cessation of Israel as a nation is compared to the impossibility of measuring the heavens or exploring the earth's foundations. This comparison serves to illustrate the inconceivable notion of Israel's abandonment by God, reinforcing the idea of an everlasting covenant. Further, Vlach addresses and rejects alternative interpretations that attempt to reframe the promises made to Israel as applicable to the church. He contends that such reinterpretations fall short of recognizing the explicit biblical commitment to Israel's unique and perpetual role in God's plan. According to Vlach, the passage in Jeremiah unequivocally pledges a continuous and special relationship between God and Israel, one that is not subject to replacement or reassignment. This interpretation upholds the theological stance that the covenant between God and Israel is unalterable, affirming Israel's enduring significance and divine favor as a nation. Besides, Vlach robustly defends the notion that the New Testament, NT, supports a future for national Israel, debating against the supersessionist view which posits that the church has replaced Israel. Central to his argument are texts like Matthew 19.28 and Luke 22.30, where Jesus promises the apostles' authority over the twelve tribes of Israel in his future kingdom. Vlach interprets this as a clear indication of Jesus' expectation of a restored national Israel, aligning with Old Testament prophecies of a messianic rule over Israel and the nations. Vlach takes issue with the supersessionist interpretation that the twelve tribes in these texts symbolically represent the church as a new, ethnically diverse people of God. He counters this by underlining the consistent use of Israel in the writings of Matthew and Luke, to specifically denote the Jewish people, not a generalized church encompassing all ethnicities. This argument is fortified by the Apostles' own understanding of Jesus' teachings. Even after an extensive period of instruction about the kingdom, they were still preoccupied with the question of Israel's restoration. Acts 1, 3, 6 The crux of Vlach's argument is that the NT does not abandon the promises made to Israel in the Old Testament. Instead, passages like Matthew 19.28 and Luke 22.30 reaffirm a future restoration and salvation for national Israel. By dismissing the interpretation of the twelve tribes as a metaphor for the church, Vlach maintains that both Matthew and Luke clearly distinguish between Israel and the church. His stance is that the NT, far from being silent on the matter, explicitly supports the continuity of Israel's prophetic future as outlined in the Old Testament thereby reinforcing the expectation of a future political kingdom, where Jesus, as the Messiah, reigns over Israel and the nations. Additionally, Vlach's interpretation of Matthew 23, 37, 39, and Luke 13, 34, 35 posits that these verses signify Jesus' anticipation of Israel's future restoration, 
rather than merely heralding judgment. In these passages, Jesus mourns over Jerusalem, expressing a desire to protect its inhabitants like a hen shelters her chicks. He declares that Jerusalem will remain in desolation until its people recognize him as the one blessed in the Lord's name. This proclamation is predominantly seen not as a cry of defiance from disobedient Jews, but as a future confession from a repentant Israel during its restoration. Vlach draws on scholarly consensus, citing figures like Blomberg and Gundry, who view these passages as aligning with the biblical narrative of Israel's eventual restoration. These scholars interpret Jesus' lament not only as a testament to impending judgment, but also as a beacon of hope, signifying the prophesied restoration of Israel. This interpretation aligns with early Christian literature, which frequently revisits the theme of Israel's eventual reconciliation and restoration. Challenging supersessionist viewpoints, Vlach disputes against the interpretation that sees these texts as excluding the possibility of Israel's national salvation. He addresses critiques concerning the judgmental context of these chapters and the ambiguous Greek phrasing that suggests the restoration of Israel is not a guaranteed outcome. Instead, Vlach supports interpretations that perceive these verses as indicative of a future moment when Israel will acknowledge and accept Jesus as the Messiah, a time characterized by repentance and spiritual renewal. In essence, Vlach advocates for a reading of Matthew 23 37, 39, and Luke 13 35 that recognizes them as prophecies of joy and restoration. This perspective holds that the current rejection of Jesus by Jerusalem and the broader Israelite community is not a permanent state, but is destined to be overturned, culminating in a future era of acknowledgement and acceptance of Jesus as the Messiah. Also, Vlach interprets Acts 1, 6, 7 as affirming the future restoration of national Israel, a view grounded in the interaction between Jesus and his apostles just before his ascension, Vlach's argument hinges on two pivotal observations. The apostles' persistent expectation of the restoration of Israel and the notable absence of any corrective response from Jesus to this expectation. Vlach underscores that the apostles, even towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, were anticipating the restoration of the nation of Israel, an expectation deeply rooted in Old Testament prophecies concerning the Davidic kingdom. This anticipation is crystallized in their question to Jesus about the timing of this restoration. Vlach invokes McLean's analysis to stress that within Luke-Acts, the terms Israel and Israelite invariably reference Israel as a national entity, reinforcing the notion that the apostles envisaged a tangible restoration of the national kingdom. Moreover, Vlach emphasizes Jesus' notable silence on correcting the apostles' understanding. This absence of correction is significant, especially considering Jesus' frequent interventions to rectify misunderstandings or false teachings. The lack of rebuke, coupled with Jesus' extensive post-resurrection teachings about the kingdom of God, suggests that the apostles' understanding of a restored national Israel was not erroneous. While supersessionists contend that the apostles were either mistaken or that the restoration should be interpreted in a spiritual non-nationalistic sense. Vlach debates that the specific language used by the apostles and the immediate context of Jesus' teachings support a literal understanding of national restoration. In sum, Vlach interprets Acts 1, 6, 
7. As robust evidence pointing towards the non-supersessionist view of a future national restoration of Israel, underpinned by the apostles' consistent expectations and Jesus' lack of correction, within the broader narrative of biblical prophecy. Furthermore, Vlock in this chapter articulates a compelling argument for the enduring significance of the nation of Israel in God's redemptive plan, as accentuated by the New Testament's affirmation of the Old Testament promises and covenants. Central to his discourse is Paul's statement in Romans 9, 3b4, which unequivocally acknowledges that the Israelites retain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. This affirmation is profound, positing that these divine privileges persist with ethnic Israel, despite the establishment of the church and Israel's visible disobedience at that time. Vlach affirms the linguistic nuance in Paul's use of the present tense, a detail that reinforces the argument that the covenants and promises are not historical relics, but present realities for Israel, even in their state of unbelief. This assertion challenges prevailing theological views that perceive the church as having superseded Israel as God's chosen people, raising intricate questions about the continuity and fulfillment of the OT covenants and promises in the era of the New Testament. Further bolstering his argument, Vlock cites Peter's sermon in Acts 3.11, 26, where Peter addresses the Israelites as bearers of a profound legacy, being descendants of the prophets and heirs of the covenant with Abraham a covenant promising blessings to all families of the earth through Abraham's lineage. This reference to the Abrahamic covenant, even amidst Israel's unbelief, asserts a persisting covenantal bond between God and Israel. Through these scriptural expositions and insights from theologians like R. L. Saucy, Vlock presents a nuanced perspective that acknowledges the complex and enduring relationship between Israel and the Church, highlighting Israel's unbroken role and identity in the context of God's unfolding covenantal narrative. In addition, Vlock posits that New Testament prophecies substantiate a future for Israel, countering the notion that the Church has replaced Israel in God's plan. Central to his argument is the interpretation of prophetic scriptures that explicitly reference Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple disputing that these elements affirm a future role for Israel in divine plans. Vlock scrutinizes passages like Matthew 24, 15, 20 and 2 Thessalonians 2, which speak of the abomination that causes desolation occurring in a Jewish temple, viewing them as indicators of Israel's ongoing relevance. He challenges interpretations that dismiss the temple as merely symbolic of the church advocating for a literal understanding of a future temple in Jerusalem, consistent with Daniel's prophecy and reaffirmed by specific dimensions of a temple mentioned in Revelation 11, 1, 2. Further, Vlock interprets Luke 21:24, the times of the Gentiles, as a temporary phase leading to Israel's restoration. This view is supported by scholarly interpretations, suggesting a future reversal of Jerusalem's downtrodden state. The sealing of 144,000 individuals from the tribes of Israel in Revelation 7, 4, 8 indicates Israel's distinct and persistent role, juxtaposed with a multinational multitude in Revelation 7, 9, indicating a clear distinction between ethnic Israel and Gentile believers. Besides, the description of the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, 10, 14, 
where the twelve tribes of Israel are prominently featured alongside the Lamb's twelve apostles, signifies the enduring distinction between Israel and the Church, even in the eternal state. Vlock concludes that these NT prophecies, with their specific references to Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple, reinforce the notion of Israel's unbroken significance in God's redemptive plan, aligning with the belief in Israel's restoration intertwined with Second Advent events. Additionally, Vlach presents a compelling argument, maintaining that the New Testament distinctly separates the concepts of Israel and the Church, challenging notions that the Church has supplanted Israel in inheriting divine promises and covenants. This perspective is rooted in the precise use of terminology within the NT, where Israel is mentioned 73 times, predominantly referring to the ethnic and national entity of the Jewish people, a pattern supported by scholars like Fruchtenbaum and Saucy. This consistent linguistic choice points out a theological distinction, reiterating that the term Israel within the NT context aligns with the Old Testament's depiction of the covenant people rather than the church. The distinction becomes particularly evident post-Pentecost, where the NT narratives continue to acknowledge Israel as a nation distinct from the Gentiles and the newly established church. Instances in Acts and Romans repeat this separation, with Israel and the church addressed as separate entities. Paul's epistles further reinforce this delineation, notably in Romans 9, 3, 4, where he attributes the covenants and promises of the OT distinctly to Israel, signifying that these divine commitments to Israel remain intact and are not transferred to the church. The book of Acts serves as a pivotal case study, illustrating the simultaneous existence of Israel and the Church as separate entities with their respective identities and roles. The deliberate and distinct usage of Israel and Church in the narrative confirms that while both are acknowledged as God's people, they are not interchangeable. Vlock's analysis meticulously underlines a theological framework within the NT that upholds a clear, deliberate distinction between Israel and the Church affirming separate identities and roles in the biblical narrative, and God's overarching redemptive plan. Last but not least, Vlach articulates a robust perspective on the doctrine of election concerning Israel, underscoring that God's selection of Israel is rooted in his sovereign and unconditional choice, not predicated on the nation's deeds or merits. This theological stance is deeply anchored in scriptural references, notably in the Old Testament, as seen in Deuteronomy 7, 6, 8, and is emphatically reaffirmed in the New Testament, especially through Paul's discourse in Romans 11, 1 2a. Here, Paul vehemently negates any notion of God permanently forsaking Israel, linking this assurance to God's foreknowledge and the predestined relationship he has established with the nation. Vlock emphasizes the pivotal nature of this doctrine in Christian theological thought contending that the immutable nature of Israel's election provides a solid foundation for Christian assurance of salvation. This line of reasoning suggests that if God's promises and election of Israel are steadfast and unalterable, even in the face of Israel's unfaithfulness, then the promises and election of Christians hold the same irrevocable assurance. This standpoint challenges supersessionist interpretations that advocate for the Church's replacement of Israel in God's salvific plan attributing this replacement to Israel's disobedience. Contrary to these views, Vlach upholds that God's unwavering fidelity and the perpetual nature of his promises secure Israel's position in divine history, 
and guarantee its ultimate restoration. This restoration, Bloch accentuates, is not contingent upon Israel's virtues or achievements, but is firmly rooted in the unchanging character of God. He posits that it is God's steadfastness to his covenant and his enduring promises that assure the fulfillment of Israel's destiny. Vlock's exposition thus presents a compelling argument for the continuity and security of God's electing purpose, affirming the centrality of divine faithfulness over human action in the narrative of redemption and restoration. In conclusion, Vlock's work rigorously challenges supersessionism, advocating for the biblical notion of Israel's future restoration and salvation. He presents a compelling case against the idea that the Church has replaced Israel in God's plan, grounding his arguments in a detailed analysis of scriptural prophecies and teachings. Vlock's thesis is built around seven critical points that systematically refute replacement theology. Firstly, Vlock asserts the explicit biblical prophecies regarding Israel's restoration, viewing them not just as historical narratives, but as prophetic assurances of God's unchanging promises. He highlights the continuity of these promises, indicating the New Testament's reinforcement of Israel's future salvation. This perspective counters the supersessionist view by maintaining that the promises and covenants made to Israel are still valid and that a distinct line is drawn between Israel and the church in the biblical narrative. Moreover, central to Vlock's argument is the physical and spiritual nature of Israel's restoration. He references prophecies in Deuteronomy, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel that foretell not only the return of Israel to their ancestral land, but also a profound spiritual revival. Vlock refutes claims that land promises were fulfilled during Joshua's time, pointing instead to a future, more comprehensive realization of these promises. Furthermore, Vlock analyzes New Testament texts that affirm a future for national Israel, notably interpreting Jesus' words and the apostles' inquiries as indicators of an anticipated restoration of Israel. He views New Testament prophecies, such as the depiction of the New Jerusalem and the sealing of the 144,000 from the tribes of Israel, as affirmations of Israel's enduring role and distinction. Lastly, Vlock's work is a robust defense of the doctrine of election concerning Israel, maintaining God's unwavering commitment based on sovereign choice rather than human merit. This perspective not only challenges the supersessionist viewpoint, but also reassures the steadfastness of divine promises, pointing out that the narrative of redemption and restoration is driven by divine fidelity, securing a future for Israel aligned with God's redemptive plan.